Ruggianelli, short set, and Piano finishes. Sorum's going chase, he's going to play it anyway. Why not? He's probably going to put the ball on the floor as well. He's on that good of form, and he does. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the A-Space. You may have guessed by now, it's not Dave Rogers, but Matt Rogers, who is your host for this episode. Dave's tied up, <laughs> yeah, doing some of the day job, but he'll be back, don't worry, everyone. Well, you've already heard her laugh. We've got Key with me, so Key's going to hold my hands as we walk through this. Um, and we've got a great guest, Crystal Rivers from Stuttgart has joined us. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Matt. <laughs> well, it's been quite a week and it is late. And I'm aware, Crystal, that you do leave for Russia early in the morning. So this will actually go out tomorrow. We're recording this Sunday night and you travel travel at 6.45, was it? Yes, bright and early, 6.45. <laughs> is that the time you leave the house? Um, that's what time I have to be at the gym and then we have to drive two plus hours to the airport <laughs> then we fly to Warsaw, poland have another flight and then another drive <laughs> ah well that is that is quite a journey yes um key you've gone on a bigger journey more recently where are you right now yeah i'm coming from from texas i'm in <laughs> dallas texas today <laughs> yeah i just recently flew back to the states i think the last time we recorded I would have been Imaloose. Yeah, and so you made your big announcement. I did, made my on-air announcement <laughs> that I am part of the Athletes Unlimited USA Volleyball League. So that's why I'm over here. And we're doing a little pre-pre-season so we can get back into volleyball shape and uh, start up the season on the 5th of February. And right now I'm in quarantine. I'm in an Airbnb ho house with like 10 of the other girls. And uh, so far, so good. Ah, good to hear. Well, I'm sure we'll all be following with interest, both the league and your blogs, because you are still blogging, aren't you? Of course I'm still vlogging, not blogging. Still v, blogging. V. vlogging. I don't write anything, not a single word, <laughs> <laughs> just videos. All right, well, it's been a busy week uh, for the Champions League. We've obviously had two pools. Um, Imaco have qualified to the quarterfinals, as of Zaxa. We've got Fenerbahce and Skrara in second place in their pools, both waiting for the outcomes. This week coming, though, there's four pools in action, the four women's pools, of which, Christelle, yours is one of them. What are your thoughts around the, the second tournament? Going there, optimistic, I'm assuming? Um, always optimistic. <laughs> um, expect some really tough matches. Um, we fought a lot in the first round of the pools, um, pulling out the five-setter against Dinamo Moscow, um, going five with Exagibaja, and, of course, we lost in three against Kaliningrad, but... Um, I think those teams are going to come even stronger and I think also we've gotten stronger so you know anything can happen but it's going to be a tough week with really really good competition <laughs> No it, it will be and uh, it's obviously all live on Eurovolley TV um, and then there's the draw on the 12th of February where I'm sure Christelle you are still hoping to be in that in that draw there will be the quarterfinals draw and the semifinals and then leading to that, that super final and as with everyone that follows European volleyball, we are just hoping we get to the end this year after the way that yeah. everything finished finished last year. So let's talk a little bit more around your season then, Christelle. Let's start with the volleyball before we come to the exciting bits the to bits. use keys, <laughs> the fun bits to use keys uh, definition. Um, how's the national national season going over there in Germany? I'm aware the restrictions are probably a little bit tougher now, but yeah, still be able to play. How, how have you found this season as a whole? Um, you know, one, I just have to say I'm really happy to still be able to play um, after, you know, being stopped uh, last March. To be able to play is still exciting. Um, it's a bit sad without fans, but um, we still can feel their presence at least. They write us a lot and they watch a lot. And now um, 
were in one national competition. We we lost in the semifinals of the cup earlier in the season, but now we're in first place in the table um, with a few more matches to go before we start playoffs. And so just looking forward to playing out the rest of the regular season. Um, we still have um, games against the, you know, the second and third leaders in the table. Um, so tough matches ahead. And then we hopefully will continue doing well and finish first. And then we can hopefully have playoffs and <laughs> do well there. You've probably both played in competitions where there's been playoffs at the end and where it's just like the regular season is the final ranking. Which do you prefer? What do you think is better? What's, mo what's more enjoyable out of those two systems? Oh, wow. It's <laughs> a really good question. It's tough. It's tough because if you have a great season and you finish first, you want to be able to hold that spot. But if you don't have a great season, it's really nice to have the opportunity to then battle again and yes like, we didn't do our best we can we can come and get you but i don't know each has their has their place i'm always on the fence when you ask these kind of questions <laughs> yes <laughs> and it's interesting for me because the two championships i've won one was in france um we had the series in the quarterfinals and semifinals and then the final game was just one game <laughs> and this one was interesting because it was like we have a series and then it's just like one kind of do or die final. And then here in Stuttgart, the first season, um, we played series the whole time. And then of course the last series went five games and it just came down to the final, like the fifth set after such a long season and fighting through playoffs. And just the feeling of winning during that was amazing. Cause it's- You're just exhausted. <laughs> in a regular season, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're playing five games and I don't know how many days. And then when you, when you can, win of course if you win it's amazing and it, it makes the playoffs so much like so worth it but yeah i know what you mean like you, if you just have one match it kind of isn't quite as exhausting physically and mentally if, mm -hmm. as if you go an entire five match series at the very to, to the very end yes <laughs> the reason i asked is i always thought that if you win the regular season semi comfortably but don't win the trophy at the end that would always feel a bit weird to me as a player from a fan's point of view, I totally understand the playoffs. It's far more exciting. But in terms of getting like the true winner across the entire season, maybe the playoffs isn't the fairest way, I guess, is, is, is my way of looking at it. But anyway, we'll move on. We're not talking about competition systems, not on the ace space. <laughs> um, so after the first round of tournaments, you scored a massive 59 points. You were sixth in the, in the scoring charts. You must love, yeah, yeah, clap. Good job, this is good job. Audio, this is an audio thing, but we can clap that. Um, how do you see it? I mean, I, I've talked to many players from Libros to, to attackers, and they always talk about the team. But if I gave you the choice now of switching to a Libro for the rest of your career, would you take it or not? Um, no. No way. <laughs> that was an easy answer. Surely. So you've always, been, you've always been the point scorer, I'm, I'm assuming, once you, once you started volleyball. When, when did you start playing? Um, I started when I was 16, so kind of late. <laughs> that is late. That's and I was a middle. You. you were a middle. You started as a middle. I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> How did that go? And when did you decide this is this is way too much of running around in circles? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Um, so I started as a middle, um, not even getting set at all. And then when I got to college, I was I, I was still the points leader as a middle. But my blocking, you know, running around in circles, like you said, mm -hmm. <laughs> wasn't the best, but I was scoring the most points. And so my coach was like, well, maybe you should be an opposite. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're physical enough. You can score, you can hit high balls. So we're going to move you. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
yeah, actually that season where I was going through uh, chemotherapy when I had cancer, that was when I was training to be an opposite. Oh, <laughs> that was wow. when I made the switch. <laughs> and how was the change? Yeah, how yeah. did, because I always, I've always kind of like secretly fantasized about becoming an opposite, but I feel like there's, <laughs> it's, it's probably much harder than I imagine in my head to just switch. Yeah. Um, it was really exciting for me <laughs> because I got to just hit high balls and hit sets from the back row. Um, because that was always like, you know, I started so late. So like the thing that I, I really enjoyed was hitting from the back row. Like we would play triples, like just three backcourt players. Um, and so that's why it felt comfortable just being able to do that. Um, and so once I switched, it was just like, it was just always comfortable for me. I th yeah, I think the hardest thing about being a middle is, like you said, you A, you don't get set that much, and B, you're trying yeah. to cover the entire net, whereas if you just can sort of stick to one side of the net and get get comfortable there, yeah. it's, it takes out that. Yeah, I have my area, yeah. and then <laughs> in defense, it was like, the ball's up, <laughs> I still can score, and <laughs> yeah, true. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty, nothing was pretty, but <laughs> I got the job done and I scored, so... <laughs> Every episode, we have something called Pass the Pod. And you may know listeners, but it was, it was Leo Shoes, Modena. And this is one of my favourite team names because I just imagine them all having loads of shoes. Is that how it works in volleyball clubs? If you've got a sponsor that is Leo Shoes, <laughs> are you going to get loads of shoes? Actually, yes. That is what happens. Yes, probably. Well, we were sponsored in, yeah. in Busto. We were sponsored by Yamamai, which is a lingerie <laughs> shop. And we got, we got 100 euro sort of vouchers to go shopping so they probably oh. have something similar okay well anyway so this is uh, past the pod um it was mortis Karlisek and their social media officer enrico bertoni who i caught up with and uh, yeah past the pod hi guys my name is Moritz Karlicek. i'm player of modern volley this season and uh, proud to be a player for this club hi everybody my name is enrico bertoni I am a CV organizing director for Modena Volley and I also run web and social media stuff for the club. Well, about the season, you know, everybody is uh, doing fine at the club, you know. Uh, it's a difficult season, it's a tough season because, uh, of course, we all know about the pandemic crisis and the coronavirus crisis. You know, we, as a club, we heavily rely on uh, ticketing and uh, because, because we have a huge fan base. Uh, a fan base here in Modena we are very proud of. For us, of course, uh, playing without spectators is uh, a huge setback, uh, both in terms of, of spirit of the players, because we are um, used to have uh, a huge push from our spectators, and also in terms of uh, general expenses uh, uh, that every club must face. So yeah, it's a tough season, but we are we are dealing with it. We are confident things will improve, and we are fighting every day, uh, both in the office and in uh, in the court, to do our best. What attracted me to the club, for sure, our coach Andrea Gianni. I know him uh, because he's my national team coach, and I like him a lot. I feel that I'm improving a lot under him and I can still learn a lot from him. And the second, Modena is a historical club, great to play for. And if you have the opportunity to join such a team, there's no doubt in of doing it. Well, history of Modena is one thing we are very proud of. As a club, it started it in 1966, but volleyball in Modena was already 
uh, a presence even before. We are proud to always have been in the first in the first league, you know, what uh, we call uh, Serie A. We have quite a long history of success, actually. We, are, we have uh, 12 Italian leagues, uh, 12 Italian cups, four Champions League, plus uh, a number of other, other national and international trophies. Since uh, 2013, we have the new, new ownership from our current president, uh, Katia Pedrini. With her, we came back as a, you know, top team and uh, we gained uh, quite some trophies, but uh, most important of all, we are in the process of uh, being every day more professional. You know, we try to, to manage the club as a company, you know. We are proud to be almost, let's say, self-sufficient to create, uh, you know, the basis for a long-term sustainability of the club. Which, we, which is a thing we really believe in and we are uh, yeah, really pushing hard to reach this goal. This year it is like this, so we adapt to every situation and we're happy that we can play the Champions League. Um, yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit uh, different than we, than we knew it before. Because for us, it's a great opportunity and we're also happy that we started the, the group with three victories and that's even more getting an yeah, important opportunity for us. We're facing three strong teams um, with different types of volleyball, um, which makes it super interesting. We're happy that we can play in our home arena, home court. Probably will be an advantage for us. We have to fight hard to get the wins again. Well, our target, I think, is winning uh, game after game. So we're not having the, the targets we have to win gold, but uh, like we saw in the last three games, we're able to do a lot and to achieve a lot. And if we manage to, uh, yeah, to win again and to go to go forward, uh, I think we have a great possibility to to achieve something for this team. Well, given we are doing the interview with uh, Moritz, which is a German player, I think uh, we should uh, nominate a German team. But I will let uh, Moritz pick up one. Okay, we'll nominate SSC Palmbeck Schwerin. Goodbye, everyone, and see you in February. I mean, a couple of weeks. Okay, goodbye. And that was Pass the Pod with Leo Shoes Modena. And the Pass the Pod Roadshow moves on to Schwerin. So, yeah, I will be in touch. Normally, Dave says we will be in touch, but this will physically be me being in touch. And now it's time for me to pass the mic to Key. Shall we dig in? We are digging into Crystal Rivers. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, oh, wow. I would have to be, say vanilla with strawberry. So not strawberry ice cream, but vanilla with strawberry. Fresh strawberries or strawberry flavor? Strawberry flavor and fresh strawberry. If you could sit down with one U.S. president, who would it be and why? Uh, Barack Obama, (laughs) Um, just because of the historical factor and he seems really cool. (laughs) Yes, true. If you were to open a shop, what would you sell or what service would you provide? Some type of food. (laughs) I've actually thought a lot about what I would ever open if I opened the shop and it would definitely be food. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 
any food, just any and all food. Yes. <laughs> okay. What advice would you give to your 10 year old self? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Because there's a lot I could say to my 10 year old self, because I think about then who I was and um, I had already been through a lot and still a lot was to come. And so I would just say, um, just be confident and keep going in your, and be yourself. <laughs> that is great advice. I'm going to take that as well. What is your best dance move? And can you show us? <laughs> it's so funny because I, I dance randomly all the time, but now like I Millie rock a lot. So just like, like this. <laughs> and I had one teammate last year that Celine Van Gastel from Belgium. And she always was asking me to, or she was always trying to Millie rock. And then she would ask me to do it as well. And so you end up teaching the whole team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you could learn any new language, what would it be and why? I would say Mandarin because I, yeah. Um, <laughs> because I, I speak some Spanish, a little bit of French, some German from being here. Um, also, like I've studied, I looked at a little bit of like the Slavic languages and, but I've never done like any Chinese or Japanese or anything of like a really different language. And so I think it would be cool to learn like Mandarin because it's very different and so many people speak it. That's a good one. I, I wouldn't have thought of that one. <laughs> what is one thing you used to do in your childhood that you still enjoy doing today? Uh, reading. And I mean, in the sense of like, I would spend, I think me and my mom went to the library like three times a week and would just check out piles of books just, and I would just get lost in them. And like now, like, of course I read like every day, just something, but my favorite thing to do is really just to get lost in a book series. And I would really do that when I was younger and I can still do it now. <laughs> and are you a, are you like a hardcover person? You have to have the physical book or do you do Kindle eBooks, that kind of thing as well? I have ebooks, but if it's a really important book or something I really like, it has to be a hardcover. Yeah. It's hard yeah. though when you're traveling overseas to carry them all with you. <laughs> but I, I think I'm the same. Um, how many phones have you broken or lost in your life? <laughs> uh, only three, actually. Are there any funny stories attached with any of them? So one of them, I... It was, it was one of my iPhones. I dropped it on, no, no, no. First I was getting stem done on my shoulder and something happened and my arm went like this and like the phone flew out of my arm across the training room, but it was fine. Yeah. But I think something came loose. So the next day or the next, when I went home, I dropped it on concrete and it cracked oh. and it was working. But then all of a sudden it started glitching and it started texting people photos out of my album. No. <laughs> and texting messages. <laughs> and so I had to like <laughs> quickly like turn it off. Yeah. Like... <laughs> or just go, make sure there's nothing. I mean, you what would you go through your whole photo album, make sure there's nothing yeah. embarrassing in there? Yeah. That's, exactly. But it, it, that's it a huge two people. <laughs> yes. I, I, no, my worst was I just dropped my phone in the toilet once and it just never worked again. <laughs> um, a couple more if we have time for them. Okay. What movie can you watch over and over again and you never get tired of it? Oh, wow. Um, Good Will Hunting. Ooh, classic. Yeah. 
Who is someone you've only met once, but they made a huge impression on you? You know, you know what's funny? I don't remember her name right now. Um, <laughs> goodness, but I still want to talk about her because she really didn't make a good impression on me. Um, she was a television host in the US um, for sports. Um, and she had her own battle with cancer. And she came to speak to all the women at my university, like all the women who were athletes. Um, and I got a chance to talk to her after and I told her um, how I really admired her story and how um, I admired her as a person. And I told her how like the things I had been through and how I you know, wanted to share myself more and just share my story. And she asked me, she was like, well, why don't you like, why? And I was like, I don't, I don't like to open myself up. I don't have the confidence. And she was like, well, then be confident, do it. <laughs> that seems so simple. <laughs> yeah. And like it, the way she said it, I was just like really taken aback. I was like, oh, wow. And like, I'm still kind of, kind of, um, I still kind of keep a lot of stuff to myself and I'm still like not so active on like sharing, actively sharing my story, but ever since that moment, I was like, yeah, like I should just be more confident to do it because I want to. <laughs> yes. And speaking yeah. of your story, and this isn't part of my questions, but I'm so curious about it. And if you're happy to talk about it, because this is, I wanted to have you as a volleyball episode because everyone was like, you've got to go talk to Crystal. She has an amazing story. Are you happy <laughs> to talk about that here on the, on the podcast? Yes, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear it. I mean, what, Tell us everything that you feel comfortable talking about. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, because like I even when you asked this question about what would I tell my 10 year old self, I thought about, OK, by the time I was 10, I had already been through so many surgeries. I had already, um, of course, I don't remember, but I, my parents were told at some point that I would never walk. Um, and they always told me the story that I went to the doctor and I did a cartwheel like the next time I went. like. After, of course, I had a surgery, I was um, supposed to just lay on my back. And my mom said I was like turning and doing flips, even as, as a baby. And then down the road, when I went to one doctor's appointment, like after they really weren't sure, I was trying to do, I did cartwheels in the hallway. Um, and so after that, of course, I went through more surgeries and um, it was just about having how to adjust my quality of life to get it to a, a decent point. Um, and I remember I was always so active. I was always wanting to do cartwheels and play sports. My family, they always were just like so cautious. Like, are you sure? Like, no, you can't do it. And, um, but I had the best doctors and they always would tell me like, if, if you can do it, do it. Like, if you feel comfortable to do it, to do something, try something, then do it. And that's, I'm really happy that they told me that because I really lived by that <laughs> my whole life. Um, and I always like to tell that part of my story because it's stories that I've heard about myself as well. And it's also how I live my life now. And it's interesting for me because it's like, I've had it my whole life despite going through all of this. And then of course, um, up until college, I was still having surgeries. I actually didn't make my 10th grade volleyball team because I had surgery. <laughs> I had a major surgery, it was 12 hours long. Um, and so I couldn't play volleyball that year. And then, of course, the years after I did, and I continued having surgeries. And then once things were really settled, <laughs> I think, once I was, like, really at a good point where I'd had the, the major surgeries that I needed, I ended up being diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> um, that was completely, completely unrelated to the birth defects. Um, 
yeah, but for me, it was still like the same kind of um, situation. I had been through so much. And so I went into that situation kind of just head first, like, okay, I have to get through it. I kept studying. I was in university at the time. I kept playing volleyball. Um, and I had stage three hospice lymphoma. So it's, which sounds really scary yep. to be stage three, but um, the cure rate for that was, it's still really, really high. You just have to get through the treatment and hope that things go well. And things went well for me. So I was on chemo for six months. <laughs> um, this is in college. In college, yes. In university, I was in on chemo for six months. Um, and I was training a lot. And then after this, I think I had one of my best seasons of volleyball. Really? Um, yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was, it was because of so many factors. I had so many of my teammates that were just really supportive and coaches that were really supportive um, and helping me. And yeah, I think it was just a matter of me having learned so much <laughs> growing up, having to deal with the things I was dealt at birth with my birth defects and then getting to this point with the cancer, it was just like, okay, what can we do? Like, I just have to go at it head first and think about how I come out on the other side. So, That is such an incredible story. And I feel like you're exactly right with the advice that you got from that woman that you spoke to, that she said, just, just have the confidence, just do it, just do what you need to. And it seems like it's yeah. something that's carried with you your whole life. And I can't imagine any obstacle coming up now that you wouldn't be like, okay, I can deal with that. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> Yes, like really, it's, it's it's also funny for me because whenever I'm in practice and like it's a day I don't feel well or like just things aren't going well, I really feel like quitting and I'm just like, Crystal, you practice while you were on chemotherapy. Yeah. Like you, you, you can, you can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, that thought, that, yeah, that thought gets me through a lot. <laughs> I bet. And, yeah. and that's something that anyone who's listening can take away because we all have really bad days. We have moments where we're like, oh, I'm just tired or I don't want to or I may have a little bit of aches or pains. But if you really want something, you can get through it. You can do it. Exactly. Like I, I really just during that time, I was like, OK, there's I would like visualize. I'm like, I'm on a path. There's this huge obstacle in front of me. Like there are countless ways around it. I just have to find out how to get around it. And of course it's cancer and it's scary. Like you, you, whenever you get this diagnosis, you have a thought at some point that like, I could die. Like I of course had that thought at some point, but then I also had the thought that like, I also could not. And like, what am I gonna do to get to the other side of this and still be myself and still be able to go in the direction that I wanna go. And so that's, that's how I decided to tackle it. And you're, you're now one of the best attackers. You, well, you were in France and again now in, <laughs> in Germany. So that's, yeah. it's incredible. It's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> Let's move on to Fan versus Dan, where here a fan got the chance to take on Dan Manili, our resident volleyball guru, in predicting the results from a complete tournament. It was Women's Pool B and it was Oli Katalakowski who was selected Let's hear from Dan how he got on. Hey everyone, it's Dan here to recap another exciting week of fan versus Dan. Our fan this week, Ollie. And it was a noble effort by Ollie, but ultimately I won another week of fan versus Dan, bringing my record to two and one. And Ollie's main issue this week was putting a little bit too much faith in Nantes uh, of the French League. And while the French League 
you know, it's a pretty strong and rapidly improving league. Unfortunately, they still can't really compete usually with the top teams in Turkey. So the one that really was difficult for him was picking Nantes to beat uh, Fenerbahce Istanbul in five sets where I, as I had Fenerbahce winning 3-1 and they ended up winning 3-0. A similar situation with Nantes versus Caneliano. He gave Nantes uh, one set for a prediction of 1-3 for Caneliano. And I said it was going to be a sweep, and Caneliano looking very good this week, beating Fenerbahce as well. So yeah, unfortunately, not did not was not able to get a set off of them. But thank you, Ali, so much for participating. And next up, men's pool C with Zenit Kazan. And that is the week of February nine to eleven. If you want to enter, email the a space at cv.eu and see if you can give Dan a run for his money. Well, it's not his money, really. Key is it? It's memorabilia from the. <laughs> is from there the... any money? <laughs> no, there's no money. It's memorabilia from the Champions League. A run um, for his merch. <laughs> yeah, a run, a run for his employer's merch. That's what you need to do. Yeah. And this week, Key is going to run the Ask Me Anything. So, Key, over to you. So, time for some questions from fans. We have one from Joshua EW. He says, what's your favorite hit? And then he puts the fire emoji. <laughs> I would actually have to say the pipe. And is that because you're far from the net and you can see the block and you can just go around it or over it every time? <laughs> yes, that's what I feel like. It's, I'm, I, I can really fly to the ball and then I can see and I have so many options. <laughs> and I can attest to that because I've played against you on the other side in the middle and it's really hard to block you. Pipe or literally anywhere. <laughs> Shaikh Hayasin 932 asks, how to increase the jump? <laughs> Good question. It's always so funny because I get that question a lot, actually. And um, yeah, I don't know what I've done, but I put a lot of work in in the weight room. <laughs> I jump a lot in general. So <laughs> yeah, I would just say, you know, put in the work in the weight room and Try to build, um, use explosive exercises because it's about being explosive to get off the ground with um, a lot of power, a lot of force, and a lot of quickness. And that, that's one thing that will help you if you can build that explosiveness. Mm -hmm. So you do you do a lot of like box jumps or like squats or what's your go-to in the weight room for um, jumps? Box, a lot of box jumps, a lot of like dynamic jumps. Um, like it's not like the direct movement, but like skater jumps or... Um, yeah, squats mm -hmm. and, you know, calf raises, just working a lot on those uh, big muscles and those muscles to be explosive. Gotcha. Good one. This isn't a question, but Julia Formagioni says, you are phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you, Julia. <laughs> then she also says, you're the best. And she asks, what is your secret? Do you have a secret? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if there's a secret. <laughs> I love people always ask when I when they see how tall I am they're like oh you must have drank a lot of milk when you were younger I'm like, really? I don't know I think I just you know yeah. it's just in the genes well no secret sorry Julia just train a lot of volleyball a lot, of, lot of a lot of hard work never stop until that, you're that's the secret amazing. a lot of hard work mm -hmm. yes. yeah the secret that, that people don't want to hear they want that yeah. quick you know like what's that little what's the answer that's going to take me five minutes no it's going to take you yeah. 20 years <laughs> Trini Flores asks, how many years have you played volleyball? Um, let's see. I started when I was 16. So kind of late, actually, really late. Uh, um, so 10 years, I'm 26, 10 years. 
Yeah, I also started at 15, and I feel like I, whenever I ask people this question, it's like, oh, you know, five, or my parents were coaches, so right out of the womb. Yeah, yeah 16, that's pretty late. Did you play basketball no, before? No, I played uh, soccer, softball, and then tennis. Actually, the only reason I'm playing volleyball now is because my tennis coach quit, and or, yeah, left our school um, after my third year, and it was kind of my fault. Wait, why? <laughs> because... What did you do? <laughs> Okay, so we, there were six spots to compete, and I was, for the most part, number two, but you could always challenge number one to be the, the number one single spot, and I challenged the girl this year, she was my friend, her name was Amber, and I won, and then middle of the season, she challenged, she challenged me back, and she won, <laughs> and I remember I kind of stormed out of the court, and <laughs> um, I was just really angry, like, not even at anybody, just at myself, <laughs> And for losing or for, for losing <laughs> I was really upset um and my coach came of course he had to come and you know talk to me and I think it was a lot for him <laughs> to just deal with <laughs> I let a lot out and then the next year he was like because also everyone on the men's team was graduating he was the coach of both so he would only have the women's team and after this moment he was like I can't I can't do it and he left the school anyway <laughs> But because he left, I was able to play club volleyball. And (laughs) that's what got me to play for my university. And then now. (laughs) So it was a blessing in disguise. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I needed to lose that match. (laughs) Although you might have become a great tennis player, for all we know. But volleyball was my calling. Although there's a lot of skills that you can translate from from tennis to volleyball as well. Yeah, for sure. My best, my best move was the overhead smash. So, <laughs> I, 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 I bet it was. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that. All right, one more question. Ooh, I like this one. Ava Willie. That name sounds familiar. Do I know her? Ava Willie. She asks, "What's your biggest dream?" That's tough because <laughs> I have a lot actually. Um, but the first thing that came to mind is for what I want to do after volleyball, actually. And I want to go into the biotech tech field um, and uh, do go towards like cancer research and contribute there. And um, it's not even about making like a, a huge discovery or being like well-known or anything. It's just about being able to contribute to um, that field and cancer research and making a difference. like even if it's a small difference. Cause I, I truly believe that like, no matter what we do, like you can always make some type of small difference in the world and the people around you. And um, that is my dream, just to keep making small differences wherever I can. And it's something that hits home for me, so. I love that, <laughs> I love that making small differences. Cause sometimes you think, what is your big goal? And people think yeah. of some big grand idea, but that's, that's a great one to have to make a little a little difference mm-hmm. every day will add up to something. Yeah. <laughs> great goal. Good one. I'm stealing it. <laughs> Still away. <laughs> so to finish this episode, we're going to do the hot topic. And this one's a bit of a good one because it's something that I'd never thought about until it was proposed to me as a hot topic. So Key, run everyone through it. What are we going to debate this time? We're going to debate... If there was a continental championships, for example, European team versus an Asian team versus a North Seca team, who would win Whoa. in the women's and in the men's? 
basically what we're saying here is we take the best players from Europe. So there could be a French, a German, a couple of Italians, I'm sure, probably some from Turkey. And we create the ultimate European team. And that plays against the ultimate team from the different continents. So an Asian team featuring Chinese, Japanese, etc. So who do we think would win in that scenario? Which, which continent would come out on top? Do we have to make the team? Should we choose the players who get to be in the team? Or is that, 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 that sounds like a whole podcast on its own. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, no, I don't think we need to make the team. Just, just on the so, top of your head. Continent versus continent? Yeah. Who's going to come out on top? It'd be quite a competition, wouldn't it? It would be. That's I something think... we should propose to the FIVB. Oh dear, that's so tough. I, I'm going to be pro-European here because it's a European podcast. And I'm <laughs> European. I, I do believe Europe would be at least in the final of that competition. This is Who the kind the... of question you need to ask Dan. Dan would be That's really true. good at answering this question. <laughs> he would um, crunch the stats immediately and be like, well, based on my calculations. Statistically, yeah. yeah, I don't know who Europe would be facing in the final, but I, I do believe Europe would be in the final. Um, Krista, who, who do you think would come out top? I think from the sheer amount of, you know, top teams in Europe, <laughs> building a team from that pool. But then of course, like, where I'm from, so I have to root for that as well. <laughs> Got to be difficult for you to answer, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Is it my employer and where I live or where I'm from? <laughs> but I think, you know, when it comes to like the pool of players to pull from, Europe has a, <laughs> has a nice, nice advantage there. Key, any, any other thoughts? All right, I'll go with Asia. Okay. Yeah, no, that's they have a good Zuting. one. Yes, true. And Kim. Um, for the men, Christelle, do you think any thoughts on that? Do you follow much of men's volleyball? Not as much as I should, I guess. <laughs> or not as much as <laughs> I do women. I'm the same. I'm the same, Crystal. <laughs> Don't feel bad about it. Maybe that's one we can leave to the fans and let us know who you think would win in the in the men's tournament. I, I'm going to go pro-European again. I, I believe, like Christelle said, the, the depth, I think, would, would count here. Um, and certainly if you look at the you know, the world championships and Olympic standings, Europe generally does very well on the whole, you know, if you were to compare the, the different continents. So that should correlate, I guess, with the right coach and, and everything into a, into a top performance. But yeah, fans, let us know. Hashtag key. Let volleyball talk. Christelle, can you remember the hashtag? <laughs> let volleyball talk. <laughs> See, Key, she's got, it on her, she's got it on her first episode. It took you about three months. <laughs> I'm All right. Good at social media. <laughs> so that basically wraps it up for this week. How have I been as a host? 10 out of 10. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. I, I, I don't have the natural kind of announcer's voice of Dave, but this voice will be back next week. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Christelle, all the best with your journey. We Thank will you. let you get some sleep. And obviously, all the best for the matches. Um, we're all hoping you're in the quarterfinals, and, but it will take some big performances. Do you, do you think you can do it? There's only one answer that you can say I know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. Bye. Bye.